This is Raymond Lee, and you are listening to the Quantum Leap Podcast. Welcome to the Quantum Leap Podcast, everyone. I'm Christopher DeFilippis, and this is the third in our series of Season 1 Interview Redo Specials, featuring the interviews we did with the cast and crew of Quantum Leap over the course of Season 1, most of which only appeared on our YouTube channel. And it's time for Season 1, Episode 3, Somebody Up There Likes Ben, Quantum Leap's other boxing episode, which finds Ben having to save his brother, who's a troubled Vietnam vet, and win the championship. This time, we bring you three heavyweight interviews. You see what I did there? First, I chat with the episode's main guest star, John Chafin, who played Daryl, the aforementioned Vietnam vet. John tells us about the amazing vibe on set and what a blast it was to step back into 1970s Las Vegas. Albie was originally supposed to co-host this one with me, but he got unexpectedly walloped by a Hurricane Ian, which John mentions during the interview, so now you have a bit of context for that. Then Matt talks with the irrepressible Danielle Laraquente, who guest starred as Angela in the episode, Ben's love interest. Danielle tells us how she got the role, and dishes about sharing her first ever on-screen kiss with Raymond Lee. Maybe she and Holly Field should compare notes. And speaking of Raymond Lee, we wrap things up with an encore presentation of our first interview with Ray. The show had barely begun at this point, and he tells us about getting to know this brand new Quantum Leap and how he anticipated exploring and defining the character of Ben's song. And I'm not going to lie, we were all a little starstruck at having the lead of the new Quantum Leap on our show, but Raymond proved to be every bit as terrific as John and Danielle said he is. So we couldn't get these amazing interviews without the support of all of you, our amazing listeners. The production staff knows you're tuning in, and they're just using us as a conduit to get to all of you, so thank you. With special thanks to our producers, Harold Sullivan, Glenda Palma, Chris, a.k.a. Brackmang, Mike Covert, Jeff Kiska, Craig Riedler, Cosplay Dad, Charles Allen Gossard, and Morgan Felden. Join their ranks by becoming a Patreon supporter. Find out more at patreon.com slash Quantum Leap Podcast. Some news before we get going. Quantum Leap will be moving to Tuesday nights for its second season, so to get everyone used to the change, we're shifting our show release day from Tuesday to Wednesday. And next Wednesday, we will be covering the season two premiere of the classic series, Honeymoon Express. Okay, enough of the fancy footwork. Let's get to round one. Welcome, Leapers. This is Chris, and I am thrilled to welcome our special guest, John Chafin. John, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the Quantum Leap podcast. Thank you for having me. This is this is fun. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I've been doing a lot of reading up. Uh, we have so many new things now that the uh, new series is out, a whole bunch of new guest stars, a whole bunch of, of everything. And it's so great to be reading up on people who are now, you know, new Quantum Leap uh, stars. I have uh, looked and I've seen like you have done everything in your background. You've been both behind the camera, on camera, and now you're guest starring on the new Quantum Leap. Can you tell us a little bit just about yourself and, you know, how you got here? Yeah, so uh, originally I'm from Stone Mountain, Georgia, you know, um, east side of Atlanta. And I started my career actually behind the scenes, like you were saying. I um, started in production as a production assistant, camera uh, coordinator, I mean, camera assistant. 
And I eventually came up and I was like, man, I always wanted to act, but I never really knew how to go about doing it. Nobody in my family was an actor. So um, that was my foray into the business. I, uh, I kind of worked and I have a, a godmother who was in the business and she kind of helped get me in on the production side. And then when I got a chance to see how things work, how people move on set, then I was like, you know what? I want to go for it. You know what I'm saying? I want to do it. So, uh, but I never lost my love for production. I still, uh, you know, love to get behind the camera when I can. I still write. Um, I'm dabbling in some directing now with theater. Um, so I started my career in Atlanta and did some, uh, did some cool projects there. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to have that, that what if, you know, uh, what if I'd have went to LA and, you know, what mm-hmm. could have happened? Um, so I took the lead, you know, me and my now wife, uh, she was my girlfriend then, uh, we, we moved in, uh, in August of 2012. So we've been in LA for 10 years now, um, doing well, you know what I'm saying? I've been blessed to work on some really, really cool projects and with some great actors and writers, producers, directors. So, um, and we're just building, you know, we're just trying to continue to, uh, build off of the last, you know, job or the last project, you know, and I also do theater out here as well. I've done, mm-hmm. I've uh, done work over with uh, CTG over at Kirk Douglas Theater and done some workshops, uh, reading uh, series and things like that. And, and so, uh, and Antia's Theater in, in Glendale. So, um, yeah, I've just been like all over the city, just like trying to get it going, <laughs> you know, like so many other hopefuls who <laughs> came out here and uh, I've just been blessed to, you know, have some luck on my side along the way. Well, how did you hear about the part on Quantum Leap and tell us about the process of getting cast as Daryl? Yeah, so it's like any other normal process. It came through my manager's uh, the the uh, audition, and I read it, and I was like, "This is this is nice." You know what I'm saying? This is a nice part, and and, and I was like, "Okay." Um, I didn't watch the original Quantum Leap. Uh, because I'm 39. So when it came out in, you know, the late eighties, nineties, I wasn't, you know, into, into those type of shows at that, you know, period in my life. Uh, so I, I had to go back and, and, and watch it and get an idea of the show. And then it, I was like, well, this is a reboot. So it's not going to be that tone. It's probably going to be, um, you know, they're going to bring it up to date 2022. But, um, yeah, I, I read the part. Um, and I immediately connected with, with, with Daryl. Um, he's a, a war veteran, you know, uh, Vietnam. Uh, he was a, a professional boxer whose career was taken away from him because he was drafted into Vietnam. And then he came back home and he's dealing with the, the effects of war, which, uh, PTSD is something that's very real and, you know, my only hope is that, you know, any veterans or anybody that's dealing with PTSD after watching this episode, they, they see a little bit of themselves um, because it is dealing with those type of topics. And and so those those things I wanted to illuminate. And then um, and so, I you know, I, I did my thing and sent it off into the universe. And, you know, and by, probably about a week later, my manager is like, yeah, you, you got the offer. And I was like, oh. And then when I got the script, I realized I was like, "Oh, this this is a bigger role than what I thought." You know, I thought it was going to be a couple. You know, <laughs> but the whole episode is about about. I was like, "Oh, okay, that's going to be fun." And then I I got to see what else they had me do, and I was like, "Okay, we got some work. We got to mm-hmm. we're gonna have to really go there." But it was a lot of fun, and and hats off to to Andrew Lindo who wrote the episode. Amazing, amazing guy. 
amazing writer, um, and he's a Kozak on the show. Um, and Marcus Stokes, who, who, who directed that episode was just phenomenal. Everybody, you know, cast, crew, it was really good. And, and it felt like a safe place to play. You know, so that's what I'm really grateful mm-hmm. for. And hopefully it'll come off on screen. You know, you'll see the fun that we had. Well, one thing that does come off is that because, um, since, um, the, the new show is really very new, you're only in episode three, but mm-hmm. a lot of the themes that they touch on in this episode, um, number one, the boxing. I don't know if yeah. you know this because you're kind of new to the show, but the third episode of the original series was a boxing episode. And you're oh, in the third yeah. episode of the new series, which is a boxing episode. A yeah. lot of the original series um, hinged around the theme of Vietnam and the lingering effects of Vietnam. And also, this is maybe, um, so far in the new series, the most distinctive historical era that we've seen. Because the first episode was in mid-80s, but it could have been anywhere. Second episode right. was on in space. So, so right now, we're actually getting maybe our first period piece of, of yeah. the new series. So, I mean, look, historical settings, the most distinct, I can think of Vegas, baby, <laughs> you know, <laughs> baby, baby, in the Vegas. 70s. I mean, right. <laughs> I, I was going right? to say, who doesn't want to go to Vegas, especially in the 70s? I was like, oh my gosh, when we got a chance to step into that, into that time period, it was like, oh man, this is like why I became an actor, you know, you know, getting to play in these different worlds and these, uh, in these decades, I wasn't born in the seventies, so I never. But you know, I got my parents, and I saw the pictures and hear their stories, and I was like, "Man, that would be cool." So it was a lot of fun to to step back in time, and I think it'll. I think the episode is really going to resonate with people because it's like you said, this is the first episode in 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 the new uh, iteration where we really get a sense of the era that we're in. And it's not, and it's going to be the clothes, the look, you know, the style of the show, the, the, you know, everything is just going to feel like 1977 Las Vegas. When you were, uh, getting onto the set and sort of like getting into the groove of the production, I mean, what, what was it like? What kinds of things did they, did they have you like watch for? Did you have like certain idioms that you had to avoid or certain? I know you have a script, but it's just, to me, it seems like more of a distinct challenge to go back and actually be authentic in a specific period of time, especially when you're not from that period of time. So, I mean, you've had some, you had some fabulous outfits, but uh, <laughs> what else yeah. was it like to sort of immerse yourself in the set and to, to sort of transport yourself back into that mindset of the seventies? Well, you know, the internet is both the greatest invention and the worst, you know. <laughs> it's that double-edged sword, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's the great, but it can be terrible. Um, but thankfully, because of the internet, we have, we have a bevy of research at our, our fingertips. So, um, a lot of it is just researching the era, you know what I'm saying? The times. I had a little bit of time before, uh, we started shooting. Um, I, and when I got the initial audition, I had already knew that he was a Vietnam uh, veteran, you know, because that was a part of the uh, breakdown. So I had immediately went into research mode. So by the time I got to set, I had already had all of this information inside of me that I have I had already researched about the, you know, the era. And thankfully, and like I said, the, the writing was great. So it felt like it, it was very natural. Um and I, I, and I have an old soul, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, my parents, uh, you know, they was 
everything growing up was, you know, vinyl and, you know, and my dad still probably has his eight track player. If you know, <laughs> I, I swear for everything. So I grew up in, you know, that era of music, you know what I'm saying? The OJs and the Jacksons and, you know, the shy lights and, you know, the whispers and, you know, so all that music was already in me. So I was ready to jump in the seventies. Cause that's, that has to be like the funnest era. And if there is one that I say, I wish I could have lived in, it was that it was the seventies. Hmm. So that must have been kind of a little thrill to go back. Oh, yeah. To get I to mean, anytime, fantasy, right? Yeah. I mean, anytime you can, you know, put on the shoes of someone else and walk in them and see the world and the way that they see the world is always a fun adventure because you never know what's going to happen, you know. Um, and that's a part of the thing. It's all about the journey and not the destination. So, um, and then I got to shoot on Universal. I'm, I'm just looking at the big clock tower from you know, back to the future. And I was like, oh man, that took me back to my childhood. <laughs> so, you know, you bring all of that energy in, in all of those memories with you to each and every role that you play. So, and it just so happened that this, you know, one fit like a glove, you know? Yeah, that's, that's terrific. It's funny. You, I think, uh, you evoke, uh, we're all time travel geeks here on this podcast. So we, we talk about back to the future quite a bit. So we're uh, a little jealous that you got to see the <laughs> clock tower in Hill Valley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. I remember being a kid and like now I'm here working like right here in front of this. It's like, wow, it's mind blowing sometimes. I bet. I bet. Well, I know that, um, Quantum Leap's not the only thing that you've been doing that's very period-specific. Uh, I see that you have a recurring role in the new uh, Perry Mason remake that's yeah. on HBO, and I believe that one's set in the 30s, right? And that's like a gritty yeah. drama. They really remade that. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. That was amazing. Um, like I said, I feel like one of the luckiest guys right now. I keep getting to jump back in time and, and relive these eras and tell the stories of, of these people in this, in this, um, specific time period. Um, but it was amazing. I mean, being able to one, be on that set, working with that caliber of just talent from top to bottom was a blessing and, 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 and a joy. Um, I enjoyed every time I, I got to get up and play. Um, and then the thirties, you know what I'm saying? Being able to go back in time and, mm. and, and, and walk in those shoes and wear those outfits. And I was reading the paper and a loaf of bread was 25 cent and gas was like a nickel and 70. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? I, I wish, I wish we could get those prices back, but you know, so it was really, really a, a joy. Uh, anytime you get to go back and, you know, play in those different eras and, and that won't come out. I think Perry Mason, uh, don't even give me the line when it's going to, the new season, season two is going to come out. But yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be in there and, um, I'll look a lot different <laughs> than I look right now. Um, so you might be like, is that John? And you'll be like, yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> um, I don't want to give it away, but yeah, I'm going to look a lot different than how I'm looking right now. Uh, now I'm really looking forward to it because I really liked the first season of that series. So yeah. knowing that you're in, it's going to give me something extra to look for. So yeah, yeah that's terrific. And um, I see that uh, another series that you're featured in just premiered uh, in the last week or so. I think it was just this week on stars. It was a uh, BMF. Oh yeah. They're actually going into their second season. So I was, uh, I was in the first okay. season. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was another great oh, one. Um, playing uh, the older uh, Big Meech, um, Demetrius Flannery, who is a um, real-life uh, person. His son, his real-life son, is actually playing him on the show. Um, so that's really, really a cool project. And I got to voice it. Uh, so I got to, you know, flex that voiceover muscle and, and, uh, get my James Earl Jones on. And I don't think I'll, <laughs> I got, I got quite a while to go before I can get to that level. You know, that's Mr. CNN and Darth <laughs> Vader. I'm not, I'm not comparing myself to James Earl Jones. Please do not. No. Uh, if I could have one eighth of that, I would be, you know, immensely happy. But yeah, that was a lot of fun being able to, um, work on that, that, that project. Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, becoming like a I think sort of like a new coveted position in a lot of series because there's the voiceover. I think ever since the Wonder Years, uh, the voiceover yeah. has been sort of a tool that's been used very effectively. Everybody hates Chris, of course, Chris Rock. I mean, who who, who wouldn't love that? But I think How I Met Your Mother. So it's 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 kind of a unique role to fill. It must be neat to be able to do that. Yeah, it's it's, it's because the voice is another character. You know what I'm saying in the show, mm-hmm. even though they're, you're bringing the audience into the, the main person's, uh, you know, head, you know, their thoughts, there's still another character on the show. So it's always fun to be able to, to bring those to life in either way with my voice or face and whole body. So, I mean, I think that working on Quantum Leap, uh, if we can get back to Quantum, um, yeah. maybe presents some unique challenges, uh, for actors because, when you're, you know, working very closely with Raymond, as you did in this episode, working very closely with Caitlin, even though you can't talk to her in, in this episode. I mean, uh, Raymond is your brother, but it's not like, you know, but he's Raymond as well. So what's it like on set to sort of to find that dynamic to to say this person is my family, yet it's an imposter is, I know that's a weird question, but it's, it's something I've always found fascinating about the process, the process that you guys have to go through. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I get what you're saying. It's not the impossible, but it's like the audience sees Raymond, but I see my brother. Um, you know, the cool thing about Raymond is me and him got to work together prior to this. We did a, um, we did a stage reading over at the Kirk Douglas Theater in, uh, in Culver City. Uh, back in like 2019 and, um, we, you know, he was really cool. We, you know, hit it off there. So when I got this, he was like, yo, my gosh, I can't believe, you know, you go to play Daryl. And I was like, yeah, we get to go on there and play. So we already had a chemistry. We already had a rapport. So that part was like, it was easy. It was like slicing butter with a hot knife, you know? Um, and then getting on the set and actually, uh, playing is just being honest. Really, it's, it's, it's seeing my brother. And no matter who he, how, how he looks to the audience, I see my brother and I talk to him like he's my brother and I treat him like he's my brother. And that's the honesty that, that'll come off. And then eventually you'll just see my brother. You won't, you, yes, the audience knows that this has been song, but the relationship is a brotherhood, you know? Um, and I feel like this episode is going to be the launch pad for with that real, that heartbeat, you know, the pulse, you know, this is a tug at your, you know, heartstrings type of, uh, episode, you know, where we're dealing with some real issues that, um, societal issues, mental health, 
you know, that not only in the 70s, but in 2022. And and we can compare to see how far we've actually come because now we have hindsight, right? Mm -hmm. So you can see where in 1977, there was no help for people with PTSD. You know, uh, it wasn't even classified as a disease. Uh, so you can only imagine what it was like for somebody to be dealing with this and not actually be able to identify what it is. They just have these, these thoughts, these images, these feelings, you know. So, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for Raymond for just really stepping in and just being like, you know, giving me a hug and like, brother, you know, uh, cause each episode, you know, the guest star is essentially the lead. Um, because Ben's song is leaping back into their life. And so he's the one that has to adjust to how everything is moving. So when he comes in the seventies, he's the one that has to adjust. So we don't adjust to him. He adjusts to us. And that's the beauty of, uh, I know our episode and the following episodes to follow will also carry that on. Um, and as far as Caitlin, you know, we got to talk during, you know, cut. So that was, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's fun because she's like right here and I'm like ignoring her and I'm like hearing her, but you got, you know, she's not there. <laughs> um, it's a fun little trick that we, you know, we use for the audience, but, uh, Sometimes when you act it out, when it's like cut, it's like, what's that? You know, you got to turn and look to her for a second. And she, you know, she's giving me that look like. I was like, okay, cool. So it's fun. You got to use your imagination, you know. That's what it's all about, imagination. Yeah, I mean, well, I asked that question specifically, especially because Quantum Leap is unique in the sense that there's a character that only one person can hear. But I know as an actor, I, I've heard from many actors that acting is about reacting and it's about, mm. you know, being present in the moment. Yet now you have to ignore all of that and you can't react to somebody else on set. So it just seems like a unique dynamic to have to pull off. That's why acting is not just reacting. It's, it's creating. That's what acting is. It's creating because you respond to what's real for you. So if I've created this and I'm responding, if I've created who my brother is, then it doesn't matter that it's been song because I'm, I'm reacting to the creation, who he is, who I've created him to be. So there's, there's that both ends. So that's why you can do movies like Avatar and, you know, these amazing live actions where they're like, they're acting in front of a green screen, you know, and there's a big, you know, eagle that has to fly by and you have to react to it. A Game of Thrones, you know, when you watch the behind the scenes and how they're reacting to the dragons, you know, it's all like it's a child's game. It's a child's game, you know, and, and that's all we're doing. We're, we're grown ups playing a child's game. <laughs> I don't think I really ever wanted to grow up. That saying, I'm a Toys R Us kid, that's that stuck with me. I never... I never kind of like let it go out the other ear. It kind of got trapped somewhere up in here. So I'm going to be. <laughs> You're doing something right because you get to be on Quantum Leap. So you got I, that, hey, right? <laughs> right. I get, I get to do something right. <laughs> if we can get back a little bit to your prior relationship with Raymond. One, one thing that I've seen um, from, I guess, just basic social media and all the behind the scenes stuff on the set. It seems like this cast is having a ball and Raymond is especially, you know, hilarious on social media. I think the guy is just, he makes me laugh all the time. <laughs> Do you have any like funny stories from said? Like, like just can you regale us with any tales from, from behind the scenes? I mean, <laughs> I was, um, 
I was, we have a, a fight, you know, you, you all seen it, the fight scene where I jump out the car and I, and I hit the guy and I was like really in it in one take. And Raymond is supposed to, uh, his Ben is supposed to come from behind me and, and, and grab me. Well, Raymond is like five, ten. I might be, sorry, Raymond, if you're watching this, I may be embellishing or, but I'm six <laughs> one, you know, so. It's, he's, you know, <laughs> so he comes up to grab me and I, and I thought he was the other actor that that's the, the stunt is he comes to grab me and I swung around and I caught him in the chin and he went flying back and everybody's like, Oh, he's like, I'm okay. <laughs> okay. John didn't knock me out. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, they're going to fire me. I killed the number one on the show. They're going to kill. They're going to fire me. And they're like, get out of here, guy. Um, and, my, and Marcus is like, we need him for the rest of the episode. And I was like, okay, let me turn it down. This isn't really a fight. This is just. You know, me acting like we're in a real fight. So, uh, but that was there. He was like, no, it's cool. You got, you know, he got me. I got him on the, on the chin and, uh, thank God he, I didn't, you know, knock him out, but I, I have pretty broad shoulders and I came around and bam. <laughs> but, uh, but Raymond, he's great, man. I mean, honestly, I couldn't be happier for a person. I mean, if anyone deserves it, it's him because he's just a, a really, really great guy. You know what I'm saying? You don't meet too many genuinely great people. In general, I mean, not just in Hollywood, but in general, you know, it's, you know, it's, they're far and few, uh, between, you know, and so it's just really good to see one of the good guys winning, you know. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm really happy for him. And the set, and it's like a family. And I think, uh, Don, uh, Deborah Pratt is, she was a part of the first, um, iteration. And so she's there, um, uh, producing. And so she's on set. And so there's that authenticity. Uh, that they're wanting to uphold, you know, with Quantum Leap, because the fan base is, <laughs> you know, y'all a rabbit, you know, y'all are like, is this really what happened? You know, <laughs> no, no. So uh, we have to be patient. It's reboot, <laughs> you know. One of the unique things about the reboot is that we sort of have uh, dual storylines going on. So um, we're, we're getting used to the fact that in this iteration, there's going to be a leap plot. And there's going to be a back at the project plot. And necessarily the leap plot and the project plot, they don't really intersect that much because they can't. Were you able to um, get to know or experience any time with the other actors in the series in your time on set? Yeah, unfortunately, I, I, I didn't. Because um, the way the, the shoot was set up, you know, this episode shoots in eight days and I'm shooting like seven of them. So, uh, but they get all of their other stuff in because I know with our episode, at least because we're going back into the seventies and everything has to look like it because we're really seeing the seventies, you know, I think that all of the stuff with the, um, that's going back at the base with them, you know, with the team, they shot that and then it was all us. So, um, there were days that they were on set where I was on set, but we didn't really work together because, their call time is a little bit earlier than mine or, you know, they're filming. And then once they wrap, then we can move over to start doing our stuff. So, and, and that's normal, you know, mm. usually, you know, for a guest star, you're pretty much going to be on your interactions and work is going to be with the people that are in those scenes that you're in. Unless, you know, fate has it, you know, you can get into a scene that, you know, Meryl Streep is shooting 
you know, next. And you can bump into her on set. <laughs> you know, sometimes those beautiful accidents happen, you know. But I would have loved to have, uh, have met Ernie Hudson. He's a legend in my mind. Uh, he's been doing this since forever. Love Goosebumps and everything else. And I would have loved to meet the other uh, actors on the show because they're doing such a wonderful job. Um, yeah. And, and from the stories that I've heard from the crew, everybody loves them. So everybody's just fantastic. I think the reason why I I ask that is because I feel like this is um, another thing that sort of links back to the old show in that Ernie's character is a Vietnam vet who Sam once leapt into. You're the first Vietnam vet that we're seeing in the new iteration. It might have been nice to have, I, even though it's impossible in universe, to have some kind of um, connection between the two characters. So in my head canon, there's a connection there, even though it's not really possible in, in sort of the parameters of a leap. Right, right, because they're just in two different eras. He's in 2022, I'm in 77, so. Um, but it doesn't mean that he's not affected by the, that particular leap. Especially, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, because being a, a veteran and knowing that he's the, this leap, he has to save this veteran. There's still a connection there, even though we're not physically together. You know, it's like we're all connected. We're all energy. We're all spiritual beings having a human experience. So, you know, where it affects one of us affects all of us. So that's why you can feel for your colleague in Florida and not even be there, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And, we're thinking of you, Albie. Yeah, man, we're thinking of you. Um, but I, I think it's, it, it's again, something that um, is a unique opportunity in the new dynamic of the show to have yeah. a connective tissue like that between someone back at the project being affected by the fate of a leapy because of similar experiences. It's not something that we saw very much in the original show. It's a, it's a dynamic that the new show can explore because it's so different yet at the same time. And this is going to sound weird. Um, the very difference is what enables it to make us think of the original quantum leap. You know, it's, it's, it's sort of that making that human connection across time. And I think that this episode, um, does a good job of that. So thank you for that because it's something that thank we've you. been hoping for and waiting for since the reboot came just to get, we've gotten plenty of it, plenty of fan service, plenty of nods, you know, they, they know we're mm-hmm. watching and they give us little Easter eggs here and there, but this one feels a little bit more like, like, wow, this is quantum leap. So I want to thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It was an honor to, uh, to come into this, this universe, this quantum leap universe. I, um, I mean, I, I, I feel humbled to have been given the torch to, to carry and, you know, I pass it on and hopefully it'll continue burning, you know. Um, it was a lot of fun bringing this Daryl to life. Um, and like I said, I just, my only wish is that someone will see themselves in him and, uh, relate to, uh, to his story. You know, because it's a lot of people's story, unfortunately. Well, John, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much for being with us here on the Quantum Leap Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Hi. 
Hi there, welcome to the Quantum Leap podcast. I am thrilled to be bringing you the latest interview with a member of the cast of the new series of Quantum Leap, Danielle Laraquente. Danielle, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm so thank excited. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. Um, we have just seen Danielle in the latest episode, Somebody Up There Likes Ben. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that for sure. Um, we, we love the episode on the podcast. We were so excited about it. So I'm really looking forward to delving into your experiences. Um, but first, I'd love to understand a bit of background uh, about you, how how you got into acting, some of the, the, the beats through your life and this this explosion that your career seems to have undergone in the last couple of years. You, you've just been popping up everywhere. So, yeah, t- tell us about it. Where, where did you start? Oh, I'm just so appreciative for that right now. But, um, yeah, I'm actually a child actor. I started at the age of four years old. My first gig was uh, Snuggles. And I was very afraid of the bear. Um, I come from New York. Uh, I got my uh, bearings and uh, really learned the art of acting in theater. Um, I am a Broadway girl. I was on a Lion King on Broadway as a child and did a lot of theater work and uh, decided to move to L.A. when I was about 15, I would say. Um, did a little bit of TV, but then I really took a break and I decided to focus on, you know, who I was as a girl and who was I, what was I going to be? And if I really wanted to, because acting was for me. So um, I went to college. I did, I, I got my cosmetology license. I like did all these things. I became a mom. And then in 2019, after having my son, I decided, I said, you know, how am I going to tell my son, Hey, go after your dreams if I'm not. So just pedal to the metal. I got back into it, studied for a year straight, um, learned self-taping, which was not a thing back then. So it was like nice. a whole new world for me. Yeah, it was really, it was really tough at first. Um, and then, uh, 2020 hit, uh, I got a role on Vita and I've just been rolling since. And it's, I'm so grateful and ecstatic and just so happy to be working. Fantastic. And I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's always interesting with child actors. They, they seem to always go one of two ways. Either they're, they're in the business for a few years and then it's not for me, or they just keep going and I guess get to retirement and look back and say, where was real life? You've managed to balance the two. That's really yeah, impressive. I, I, yeah. I, I, I want to, you know, give all the credit to my parents who are not in the biz at all. They're actually in law and, um, they, always supported me, but they never pushed it. And they were really big on like, make sure you're really well-rounded and I want you to get an education and I want you to try different things. And um, I'm a business owner too. So they were like, they're always listening. Like, Danielle, what are you doing now? Like, <laughs> I'm always doing something. I'm always on this, you know, jumping around. Anybody that knows me, I'm just pretty much like a, a go-getter. Um, recently, a director told me, uh, it was so funny. He's like, Danielle, you have one button. It's go. <laughs> I'm getting that feeling that's that's coming through loud and clear. <laughs> so um you you started off in theater and then is this now you've re-entered the world of of entertainment. Uh, have you got any plans to go back to theater or is that in the past for you? It's now all about film and TV. Um theater is very hard and it is I mean, a beast of a work and I love it so much. And I really, a dream come true for me, honestly, would be to go back to the Lion King. 
who plays an, um, Big Nala, that would be like a cap, like career, all right, that's accomplished. So I'm trying to manifest that for myself uh, would be a dream come true. So if I'm going back to theater, definitely be that. And <laughs> so yeah, you, you've, you've had your, your, your one button, which is go the last couple of years. And suddenly through, yeah. through all this, this go, you end up with the Quantum Leap gig. How did that happen? How did that come about? I was in shock. Um, my my dad is a huge fan of Quantum Leap. Like that was his show. I like him and, already. Uh, yes, he is like obsessed. Um, so he was so ecstatic uh, that I was going to be on the show. I auditioned it, and it was actually super quick. They booked me off tape, and it literally flew by. And I'm so grateful because I'm actually a huge boxing, UFC, anything martial arts fan. Like that is my thing. Everybody knows. Saturdays are my thing. I get my wings. I sit in front of my TV. Like I am, a, I grew up in martial arts. Um, I'm a black belt in Taekwondo. So I was so grateful. I've never been able to go to a UFC match or a boxing match in person, but I got to do it on TV. So I'm very excited about that. So did you, with, with that in mind, did you know uh, about the background to this episode before you auditioned? What information did you go in there? Um, they pretty much just give you, I don't remember if I got the script or not. Sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, I mean, I just got the scene and any of my actors out there, I would suggest, I mean, literally I dissect that scene from top to bottom because you mm -hmm. will learn a lot where we are. Okay. All right. We're, we're in a boxing ring. Why are we in a boxing ring? Why are we in a locker room? Like I go in and I also, you know, we get breakdowns. I look up everybody, you know, I want to learn as much as I can. And I want to give this character as much justice as I can with the information that I have. So that's what I did. With with, with your background, because I, I I just watched the episode, as I say, the, the podcast team loved it. Um, I do not have a background in, in watching sports with um, with with your fandom there. Did you? Do you, do you think it came across as realistic? Was it... Because uh, to me, it was dramatic. It was entertaining. I have no idea if that was actually a, a, a realistic episode. Oh, man. They were freaking... B and, um, and Ray were phenomenal. Like, I don't even know... It looks so realistic. There was moments you'll see. I don't know if it came off on camera, but I was like, oh, yikes. <laughs> that one hurt, you know? They were so good. And I mean, they had not that long of training and they killed it. I mean, of course, Pompomly, you know, they gave us as many experts as they can. And they really, that everything looked realistic to me. I, I was so excited to be there. <laughs> I was like, I'm out of boxing match. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it shows. I mean, you you can tell that you're you're in the zone there. Obviously, the the reaction of your character seems maybe excited and also a little uncomfortable, um, yeah. given what's going on. Um, and that that sort of goes on to something I wanted to ask you about, which is how much you could actually see while you were performing, because I assumed that while you were doing all those reactions, there was just a director off camera saying, and, and there's a punch here and there's a duck here. And you were reacting to that. Were you actually reacting to some, some real action? No, thank God. We were able to really watch it. Yeah. Thank God. The way they had it set up, I saw everything. I mean, <laughs> Oh my God. Ray went down a couple times, a lot of times. And so did be. I'm like, man, poor guys. They were probably hurting after that. But we got a show for sure. 
Yeah, we we um we spoke to Ray on Saturday night, and he said he'd been uh, he'd uh, such a lovely guy. Um, he he said he'd he'd done some amateur boxing when he was a kid, but had to really kind of up his game for this. So, oh my um, god, that is so cool. I mean, how cool is it for him to be able to try all of these things as an actor? I mean, he's literally going to be the jack of all trades. <laughs> He's going to be able to do everything. I mean, it's just, and it couldn't happen to a, a better guy. He was so freaking awesome on set. I mean, you forget that he's number one on the call sheet. I swear to you. Like, he's so cool, so down to earth. It was like a, a family, all of us. Yeah, we're, we're hearing a lot about that atmosphere on set. Um, yeah. yeah, what what can you tell us about that? Everybody's awesome. So nice. Anybody who gets on the show or here to just support this show because we need more people. Uh, productions like this. Everyone's so kind. They also give the actors the space that they need. It's very collaborative. It's especially Marcus. He's one of my favorite directors that I've uh, worked with, honestly, because it is like we're doing this together. You know, he talks us through a lot of stuff and there wasn't that... um, I, I didn't get nervous much. It was just so chill and relaxing and it felt safe and warm and I'll give you guys a little uh, thing. This was my first on-screen kiss ever. So I was freaking out. Yeah. Big okay, I, I really wanted to talk about the kiss. So okay, I'm glad you went there. Now, one of the one of the sort of acting tricks that goes back to the original series that, that comes up time and time again is that everyone around has to ignore the hologram. They used to have to ignore Dean Stockwell. Now all the actors have to ignore Caitlin Bassett. You had to do a scene where you were kissing Raymond Lee while his fiance watches you and is giving you daggers while you're ignoring her and thinking Raymond Lee is someone else. What was going on in that scene from in, in your mind? You know, I, I was I wasn't Danielle. I was Angela and Angela does not see her. So that's it. The Danielle was like, this is awkward, you know? <laughs> um, but again, they were so cool about it. Um, I was extremely nervous and, you know, um, Marcus was giving me a little slack. He was like, I'm going to mess with you and do this. And I was like, please no. don't. I already like could not sleep last night. <laughs> I was like, my dad's going to watch this. My first kiss on screen. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a really fun scene, but it's uh, it's definitely it takes um, as I say quite a quantum leap trope and pushes it to the next level because usually those things are played for comedy. You've got the hologram just kind of talking and being ignored, but uh, yeah, to to actually be kissing her partner and he at this point in the show he still doesn't know that either. Right. So yeah, there's there's a lot. Yeah, to so I don't know if it was that, that moment of like yeah, if there was that moment of like oh. He doesn't realize that he has a fiance, so I don't know if he was really like catching on. Yeah, definitely. It, it was it was interesting for sure. How many takes? Go on, I've got to know. Oh my god! You know, I was such in a moment, and I was so like, you know, when you're so heightened, you kind of don't know what's going on. Yeah. I would say like seven or eight. I would say, but I can't really remember because I was like. Freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> totally freaking out. And, and, oh my God, Ray was so cool about it. He's like, whatever you need, like, don't worry about it. I was like, can I, can I grab you? Can I, is everything okay? And super chill. I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better on screen kiss. <laughs> it looked very natural, despite oh, the fact that as the audience, we're obviously, you know, looking at this through Addison's eyes and through, through Ray's eyes. So, um, yeah. 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 <laughs> 
let's maybe talk a bit more generally. Um, the the episode takes place in seventy seven, uh, so there's a lot of costume. You, you know, we've already talked about the sport element, but just more generally, there's there's the the costumes, the props, the set pieces. What was that like walking in walking into nineteen seventy seven? Oh my god! I mean. It, it couldn't happen better because right now I feel like style is going towards that. So the minute I left my first date, I ran to the store and bought some bell bottoms because I was obsessed. <laughs> I was so excited. I am still drooling over that pink jumpsuit. I wanted it so bad. Oh my God. It was like perfect. They tailored it to me. Um, I'm like, I was bored in the wrong era. I was like feeling the little shoulder pads and the little flared hair. It was great. Everybody was loving the style on set. It was so cool. Did, did you even ask to keep the, the pink jumpsuit? Oh. <laughs> there was like a... Is um, there a gap I in the, the universal wardrobe at the moment? I don't know. <laughs> that they haven't discovered I yet? Because it was rented, unfortunately, but I wished so much I could. Got to leave. And you still got it. If you're able to send it. <laughs> I'll pay you for it. I love it so much. <laughs> we just need a sequel episode. Bring you back. Yes. Bring Daryl back. Just like yeah. hear that outfit. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there anything more you can tell me about the the experience generally, the the atmosphere on set? I mean, we you, I asked you about um, you know that kind of that that welcoming atmosphere that um, we've heard about so much. Um, is there anything else about the? the cast that you worked with that you can share with us? Um, I would really say that like it went very smooth, um, which is really great to see. And um, definitely there was, um, everyone was very mindful of the actor, which I thought was really nice to see and our craft and where we are in the scene and um, really trying to take care of us, which that was, I mean, I'm telling you, like this was one of my favorite experiences by far. I can't say enough. I, I, I could only hope and, and I did mention it um, to Ray. I was like, I can only hope to work with him again. I can only hope to work with Marcus again. And that whole cast, we were like a family. Like, I did not want to leave. I really did not. Everyone was so amazing. That'd be so cool if they somehow, he gets jumped back there or something. That'd be so cool. Um, and you can like see where we are now. Uh, but again, just the professionalism, just the warmth. Everybody was rooting for each other. I mean, even if like we made mistakes, I mean, it was so quick to like, hey, you got this, man. You got like, that's not always the norm. And it was just so lovely to see. It really was. And that, that interests me, um, that they, that they, they were able to give so much focus on the actors because I think by, by this point in the production, there'd already been a little bit of a false start. And I don't know if they were actually running behind or, or what, but I know they had to, to reshoot bits of the pilot. So. Mm -hmm. I'd imagine that by this point things were a bit frenetic and just 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 go for it and and shoot what you can. But from from what I'm hearing from you, there's actually you know maybe maybe a bit more um, bit more time to explore making a quality product with with quality performance. Yeah, if there was, I didn't know it. <laughs> they didn't show it. You know what I mean? If there if it was crazy and which what you want because you want us actors to come in here and focus on the script and, and focus yeah. on the character. So I didn't feel that at all. Um, I kind of tend to fly high <laughs> regardless yes. of others around me, which I think is a really good um, quality that I've worked on for a long time, you know, just kind of staying in my lane and uh, staying really positive and uh, being a huge influence for uh, my community, my culture, uh, being Latina out here and 
really trying to make a difference and pave the way for others. I'm definitely just trying to create those relationships and show my talents and support my community. So that's all I'm focused on. Um, you, you mentioned about su supporting your community and the representation. Right. Is is that something that informs your choice of work, uh, how you approach your character? Can you talk a little bit about that generally? Um, in a sense of because the character is Latina? Yeah, yeah. Um, I generally don't because I really... My goal is to not be... I, I'm, I'm about the craft and my goal is to not be mm. boxed in on the stereotypes of being... Latina. So um, I've been so grateful. All the roles that I've been given have all been very different. And that's how I want to keep it. I want the world to see that we do everything, you know, and I come from, you know, uh, really strong parents that were professionals and, and we did it all. Like my mom's a civil rights lawyer in Los Angeles right now. So, you know, we are important roles out here. We make difference for professionals or not. And I just get really excited more about the character. And uh, for me, Angela was, you know, she wore hard on her sleeve, which I connected to right away. And um, she was in a, you know, in a relationship kind of more because what it was and um, fell in love and really put her heart out there and supported. And, and, and I liked her and I hope everybody else did too. And I wanted to show that, that like, they, they were really in love right there, guys. They really were. <laughs> and she yeah. really had his back. So I thought that was important to show that. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned about the um, the love story element because I, I think that that moment where it's revealed early on um, about what's what's happening there and there's a beautiful shot of you that just says so much as you're obviously sat there looking very uncomfortable, not very happy. How how do you prepare for something like that? Because the the rest of the the scenes you were in, um, you you were very you were, you were kissing Raymond. There was other bits you were doing throughout the episode. You were you were in a, a confident place. That looked like quite a dark place that you went to. Can you share a bit about your preparation for that moment? Yeah. So um, my approach to a lot of different scenes, depending on how much the character knows in that moment or if something traumatic is going to happen to them in that moment in the scene depends on how much work I do beforehand. So um, in this case, um, there was a lot of backstory of how I felt about him. So I did prep for that. Um, it wasn't like he all of a sudden was being a little bit aggressive with me. You know, this was definitely for some time. So uh, I, I did some work on that and um, just tried to be in that moment and uh, really connect I, I love to tend to uh, connect to the opposite of that. So focusing on the love and everything like that. And then once I'm in that scene, not getting that love, it kind of gives that reaction, you know, because that's what I'm, I'm I really want. Um, and of course, uh, having B play, you know, my boyfriend, number one, <laughs> amazing. I mean, to, to just, you know, bounce off of him. It was, it was a piece of cake when you have great actors beside you, they feed you and it, it was, it was easy. It really was. And, um, I'm just really glad that that came across and, you know, it, it was a human quality. You know, there's a lot of people, I feel like there was a stick, there's a stigma to, you know, oh, she's with her, him and then she's with him. But, um, just that human quality of, you know, she's just looking to be happy and, um, looking for love. So I, I loved that they showed that. Yeah. It's a, it's a really, interesting and and unbelievable story and yeah it's it's good to know that 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 ensemble came together um 
my one of the other hosts spoke to uh, to John Chafin on Saturday uh, as well, and yeah, I mean he 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 spoke very highly of the rest of the cast as well. Um, just yeah, it, it seems like it was um seems like it was a very special show. It really was. Like I'm I'm telling you, we were like fam up in there. Everybody was so supportive of each other, and oh my god, John is awesome. And uh, we, we just had the best time cracking jokes and, like, messing around, but then, like, really supporting each other. I wish I could go back. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, quite a, um, it's quite a heavy episode in a lot of places, so I, it doesn't surprise yeah. me that there had to be a lot of joking around. Um, yes. Is there anything that I haven't touched on that you, you wanted to share? Follow your girl on uh, Instagram at Danielle Arquente. I'm definitely working out here. You guys are going to see me all over your TV screens. <laughs> um, and I'm really making it a point. There's some projects that have coming out. Can't talk about it uh, just yet. But um, I'm really making it a point, again, to make a difference and uh, seeing, not being in a box, man, and really showing the Latina community or Latino community in a better light that we do all things and we are freaking talented out here okay and we are we need to be casted okay all the roles the lead roles everything i'm so excited for where the uh, industry's going uh i can't wait to see even next year where i will be or where my uh community will be so stay tuned amazing um <laughs> it has been so much fun talking to you and i mean that really fun <laughs> Um, it's been a really enjoyable experience. So thank you so much for coming on the show. And, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm so we'll, excited I was invited. <laughs> we, we will all look forward to seeing uh, seeing where your career takes you next. Thank you so much. Thank this you. was a blast. Thank you. Hello, Raymond Lee, and welcome to the Quantum Leap Podcast. Hi, hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, um, we're really excited, too. I mean, uh, the Quantum Leap fan community has been waiting for this for a long time, and we are thrilled to be welcoming a new Leaper into the fold. Um, tell us how you got started in the business and what led to getting the role of Ben. Yeah, um, well, so my, my first professional job was a one-liner on How I Met Your Mother, and that was back in 2011, um, 2010, I think. Uh, and, and before that, I was doing steady commercial gigs, and, um, you know, I, I, I pride, one thing I do pride myself in in my career is that I, I have not skipped any steps. I've done non-union commercials, I've done college student films, I've done... You know, I've done Craigslist movies. You know, I, I, I just I just wanted experience, so I've done uh, everything there is to do. And my progress was very incremental. It was one-liner, two-liner, three-liner, guest star, you know, recurring guest star. And, um, you know, there, there wasn't any leaps, so to speak. And um, this is probably the largest step in, in my professional career because – uh, I hadn't been given an opportunity to lead a series, let alone a series that is so beloved and coveted. So when I was um, approached with this, um, Martin Jarrow and, and Meg Fister, as you know, uh, or might not know, they, they run Quinn's, Quinn's Production. That's their production company that the show's under. 
And I had worked with Martin before, and I had done quite a bit of theater, regional theater, some off-Broadway, and uh, Meg Fister was very active in the theater community. She had been casting in Los Angeles theater for a long time, and she had been familiar with my work, and she emailed me out of the blue. I was out in Marshfield, Massachusetts, working on another show, um, and she had emailed me out of the blue and also left me a voicemail um, asking me if I wanted to do this part <laughs> and completely caught me by surprise because this isn't something that happens. <laughs> I, I, I earn everything. I, 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 you know, it's, it's like I said, incremental and uh, this just seems so massive. And I definitely took a pause, talked to my manager. My manager was in disbelief. I'd been with her my entire career and she was like, well, it's not for the lead. So, you know, just, you know, let's, let's read the script and see how it goes. And I'm like, I think it's for the lead. And I have her voicemail on my phone. I can, I can, I don't know if I can send this to you, but she's like, okay, well, everyone's sleeping right now. So let's just, um, let's see if we can get a hold of the script and, and let's go from there. So the next morning comes and my manager was like, it's definitely for the lead. Okay. Um, let's read the script. Got, got a hold of the script and it was fantastic. And, um, I remember the original series and, and this felt a lot like it. And as you know, um, the original pilot has now been repurposed to be a later episode. Um, and I read that episode and I was like, wow, this is strangely very close feels very close to who I am and the kind of show that I've always wanted to work on and the kind of character that I've always have seen myself playing. And it felt too good to be true. Um, and then I had a conversation with Martin and he thought it'd be a great fit. And we went on from there. And next thing I knew I was on a flight to Vancouver uh, shooting the pilot and it was, it was all just crazy. And, um, yeah, and here we are now, uh, several months later, um, going into episode eight. We just uh, finished two days of episode eight so far, and it feels wild and exciting and uh, haven't lost any excitement. Amazing. That's amazing. You had mentioned that um, when you read the script that you jived with a lot of uh, the character. What, what things about Ben specifically attracted you? You know... Um, just the the overlapping, uh, just kind of foundationally who they were. They had written Ben to be um, an immigrant, uh, even though my mom immigrated, but it, it was a similar shared experience that I understood. Uh, an only child as well, and a son of a single parent. Um, and all of these just lined up. And I was like, okay, well, it seems like they have a strangely strong grasp of who this person seems to be. And given the times, too, I, I thought, um, what an opportunity to show that uh, a person that looks like myself is capable of empathy at a time where not so much empathy might have been shown to us, uh, just given the circumstances. And I also thought, wow, this is a, a show with so much heart and humor. And I just, this is all I've ever wanted to do. 
in terms of, you know, I grew up watching Indiana Jones and Back to the Future, and these were always kind of fish out of, fish out of water characters. And I was the perpetual fish out of water because I wanted to do so many things with my life. And I loved the idea and the feeling of not knowing how to do something and then slowly seeing, oh, wow, I'm getting better at this. I'm getting better at this. And now I'm actually good at it. It's like, okay, now what else can I pick up? And, you know, um, I, I, that might have, I might have gone on a tangent there, but, um, I just felt like this fish out of water story very related very much to who I was and and my story. And, you know, sometimes just the words fit, you know, and the person fits and you don't have to do so much work to, to, to get there. And yeah, in hindsight, I can see why Meg and Martin were, were so confident that I was the person I, I sure wasn't. <laughs> they, they, they were. <laughs> um, but yeah. I, I'm interested. You, you mentioned a bit about reading the original script and um, the, the, the ties you felt to it. I know at the point that they wrote the script, there were talks about casting an Asian American or Middle Eastern or North African. It was, it was very broad. Have they mm. lent more into your heritage now you've been cast? Is that something that you're, you're starting to feel is coming out? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and what I love about it is that that's not the end all be all. It just happens to be a, a, an aspect of the character. And, um, you know, that, that shouldn't be the, the overruling, um, characteristic of the reasons why he chooses to be the person that he is. It just happens to be that. Um, and so I, I think the thing that they wanted out of this character, um, was someone who wasn't naturally an American and, and they wanted an immigrant story. Um, and, uh, those, those all applied, I suppose. Um, so far, what we've seen of the show, the, the first two episodes that we've seen have been very heavily action oriented, um, the original series was a lot about um, walking a mile in someone else's shoes. And are we, are we going to get to see a little bit more of that as the show progresses, either with relation to uh, Ben's own journey or, or otherwise? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think what they've chosen to do with this uh, show is uh, it's definitely an accelerated show and, and there's going to be much more elements of, of action just cause that's just, they want, that's what they want the show to be. Um, and they're also seem to be leaning into my strengths as, uh, an actor and what I'm capable of doing. And I haven't done so much action in the past, but, um, they know that I'm capable of doing it. And, and, uh, it's, it's nice to, to have that, um, uh, them looking out for my strengths. Um, yeah, I mean, I would love, and, and there has been, yes, there has been much more development on the backstory of who Ben is. And, and, and I think that that's, that's just the way that they're choosing to, um, sort of parse out the information, kind of just putting it together episode by episode because it has to be serialized. Um, and, and that's the way we can really draw audiences. And, and, and I love what they've chosen to do with now establishing the relationship that, that Ben and Addison had previously had. So now that we can work back to that instead of the original, um, original this, uh, where we just kind of threw the audience into a leap right away. And there was a lot to catch up on, not only, 
the exposition of what had happened before, but the exposition of what is happening currently in San Francisco in an earthquake, and you're a time traveler, and you're here to save this, and you have to do that, and here's Ziggy. It was a lot, um, but when you establish first that, okay, these are two people that are in love, this is a, a family that they had back at headquarters, and then now uh, Ben has chosen to do this, and now we have to work back to that. And I think that's just uh, a better way to set it up, easier for the audience to sort of digest because we're, we're asking a lot of <laughs> the audience is, um, it's, it's uh, you know, the mythology is like, bam. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, we are going to see much more of Ben's backstory as, as, as we, um, just upbringing as we go along. Well, it's, it's interesting um, that you're talking about like learning to play to the strengths that you have and, you know, the, them discovering what you're capable of. And I know that TV shows, especially in their first season, are always finding their footing. Um, was there anything in the new Quantum Leap uh, that has evolved, like aspects of Ben's character or the story that have surprised you as you've gone on the journey? Um. You know, I'm surprised with every script. Um, we have such a strong writing staff and, uh, you know, we, we always hear rumblings of what is coming before it comes, right? So we're work, working on episode three and they're like, did you hear what episode eight might be about? It's like, oh my gosh. So we're always in anticipation of where we're going to be and what time. And, and, you know, I've asked them to withhold certain important key uh, elements of the story from me because I like being surprised and I, I like building my character based on what I have in front of me. Um, again, I've never been in this position, so it's not something I have uh, anything to base it on, but I'm finding that it's more exciting for me to take this journey as it comes. So um, I am once the new scripts come in, I'm like ravenously, Oh, wow, this is crazy. Um, but yeah, it's very fun to hear that. Like, Oh yeah. To episode 10, it's going to be about this. No way. Who's writing it. Wow. Who we were thinking of getting as a director. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, um, I don't even remember what your question was, but <laughs> uh, very excited. <laughs> I got excited. Well, you're um, taking the journey like Ben, you know, Ben doesn't know anything going into it. Exactly. But, um, yeah. 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 So yes. unlike us, we're just like looking for all the information. <laughs> like what's going on over here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, 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 you know, it, it, I, I find that it just also just benefits me to focus on the show uh, and, and to be present with what's happening because really all we can control is what is happening on the days. And we want to make sure we, we get the scene, we understand the story and then we get the shot and then we move on and we complete that episode and then we go to the next one. Um, but yeah, I, 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 uh, as far as leaning into my strengths go, um, you know, I've had conversations with Martin and the other writers and they've asked me, um, what can you do? And being an only child, I can, I know how to do, I am fairly mediocre to good at a lot of things. I am not great <laughs> at anything. Um, so it's great for the purposes of the show because like, have you boxed? Yes, I have actually, because I was just a bored only child and I just did a lot of boxing. And can you, um, I don't, I don't, can you karaoke? Yes, I sing by myself all the time. And it, yeah, it's just, just, I have a lot of random skills and uh, this just seems to be the perfect show to use them all, all, all on. <laughs> 
Do you have a favorite leap so far? I mean, we've seen you so far as an undercover cop and as a boxer and mm-hmm. as an astronaut. And I think um, you're going to be a female for the first time in the mm-hmm. next episode. And uh, also the cowboy episode and the earthquake episode. I mean, that's that's yeah. a lot. Is there anything standing out um, specifically as a favorite so far? Oh, my God. They're all my favorite. I, I swear <laughs> I've already checked off half of all of the, the items on the actor's bucket list already. I can't even imagine what's ahead. Um, but I, I love the boxing episode and I love that it's coming as it's so close, uh, for, for, for viewing. Um, you know, I, I watched like Rocky growing up and, you know, anytime there's any movie that has to do with fighting at the core of it, it's just like, you understand there's so much that you can wrap in a fighter story. Um, and it's so there is always a victor and there's always a loser. And you have to deal with the outcomes of that and everything leading up to it. There's so much pressure. And even though you've never fought professionally yourself, you understand that feeling. And so I've always wanted to be in a boxing movie or anything, uh, boxing storytelling related. And so when the script landed, it was, it was incredible. Um, and I also feel like this is the show, this is the episode that we kind of start to find our footing and we, 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 somewhat find our, our voice. And, uh, it's, it's a, I think we've done a really incredible job establishing the world and establishing the characters. And now I think we're given license to really start flying. Um, and this episode, um, our guest cast is phenomenal. Uh, I'm just very excited for y'all to watch. And, uh, for me personally, that was just, it's, it was the most fun because I got to train. I got, I got to actually box and I, and I got to work with professional fighters and I, and I, and I got to be in a ring, you know, and there, the, the ref is an actual professional boxing ref who was there. And so for me, I'm like, I can't believe this is real life. If, if my 10 year old self could see me now, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, that, so far that's been my favorite leap. Not my favorite episode over there, all my favorites, but that's been my favorite personal leap just for the boxing. And yeah. Has, has there been a lot of, um, we, we know that, uh, there was a NASA consultant on set for episode two. You've just mentioned, I, I, we had no idea. I don't think that there was, uh, um, so much support for episode three. Have you had specialists surrounding you the whole way? Yeah, to some capacity. Yeah. Um, the female bounty hunter episode, uh, the, uh, no, <laughs> because I don't know how, how professional you, female <laughs> bounty hunter. <laughs> yeah, uh, been very cool. Honestly, I would have just uh, on all my lunch breaks, I would have been like, "So, what's it like? What's life?" Um, but yeah, I, to some capacity, there's always been professionals uh, t- teaching us to do the professional thing. Uh, for the western, there was some most of our cast. Uh, actually, one actor in particular, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I can't remember his name right now. I think he's been in like 40 westerns, and so I was just watching him be, and I was like, "That's how you do a western, okay?" Um, and yeah, our, again, our writers are so immensely smart that they know so much as well. So um, that's why they're given the episodes that they're given to write, uh, also. But yeah. So exciting. I'm excited for Cowboys. I'm excited yeah. for Halloween. I'm just, it's a great show because you're never bored. You just jump from thing to Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
Uh, just, I want to ask one of the skills that you just mentioned, and you, you threw it in there and went straight on, but I'm going to make you go back to it. Um, we, we know you like to sing, and we've spoken to other yeah. guest stars who've, who've talked about your singing. Um, the reason has been an earworm all week amongst Quantum League oh, yeah. fandom. <laughs> are we, we going to hear Ben singing? Are we, we going to hear more of that, whether it's the reason or something else? I've got it stuck in my head oh, right sure. now. This is entirely awful. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That experience. Let me tell you, uh, I have never been more mortified until uh, uh, than, than the moment after the rehearsal when I was directing the roots how to play Hoobastank. <laughs> one of the greatest hip-hop bands ever and possibly one of the greatest drummers ever how to play these just major chords on okay and this is how i want it okay and i'm gonna come in here <laughs> if i can just get a little guitar there just to lead me in and then the full yes yes and then quest love is just there and i went back to the dressing room and i was so mortified that i had done that but they needed to know what i wanted to do so um but anyways yeah i i hope there can be uh karaoke absolutely um yeah, because I'm not a great singer, but I love singing, and it is definitely the way. If there's just silence, I'm usually humming a tune or 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 singing a song like Koopa Stank is the reason. Um, but yeah, yeah, I hope there can be a, a karaoke episode. That'd be terrific because um, one of the signatures of the original series was that. Scott was basically like a jack of all trades. So there were so many episodes where he was dancing. You had your tango in, in the uh, premiere episode, the pilot, um, mm -hmm. singing a lot. So, um, there's a lot of connective tissue there. That's kind of part of the legacy of the show. But I was wondering, I know that you've been asked this question a million times and, um, most sleepers already know the answer. I know that you didn't see the show when it was first on. You were introduced to it in syndication, right? Right. Right. So. I mean, since getting yourself familiar with the original um, and getting familiar with Scott and his performance, how does that legacy and Scott's performance as Sam influence your approach to Ben? That's a great question. Um, and it's something that I've thought about a lot. And, you know, when I first got the part, I immediately started binging it, it, all day and I was, and I found myself um, trying to um, emulate Scott's performance and it wasn't a good fit for the type of show we had um, because times the style of acting has changed. The pace of acting has changed. Um, the attention span of viewers have changed and it's, it, it's, we don't have, um, the, we don't have the luxury of really massaging moments because I, I, every episode was like a feature film. Um, and we're trying to do something similar, but we also have so much more story to jam pack. Um, and so, yeah, I found that very early on that it, it wasn't going to do me any good to, to recreate his performance because also how do you recreate something so perfect? And so for me, I had to find my own way into it. So, watching more episodes for reference wasn't doing me any good. And instead I'm just watching it as a viewer. Um, and it's also impossible to remember what I saw in sixth grade, uh, to try to recreate those memories and how that would correlate with what I'm doing. But yeah, to answer your question, it, it, it was something that I had put thought into. Um, but I, at some point I, I had to 
let go of it so I can follow my own path with this new show and just had to lean in more to who, who I was. I think they've done a good job so far of, um, giving you space to sort of react to the leaps. But as you said, it's a much different show. It's a lot more fast paced. And mm. we've been basically doing a lot of 50, 50. We have the leap plot. We have the project plot and we have mm. a lot of intercutting. I think the real connected tissue there is, is Caitlin as, as Addison, as the shows go on, you say you kind of find your footing in the boxing episode. Do we just get to breathe a little bit more with Ben? and see him more in these situations kind of, I know it will never be the same pacing as the original, because as you said, times have moved on, but it'd be nice to see, you know, a, a bit more immersive in, in the leaps. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think we do. Um, I think because in the first two episodes, there's so much to establish, not only headquarters, but all the players in the headquarters and, all the nuanced relationships inside there. And, and now we find that there is a, a nefarious character in, in all of this. And so there's a lot to jam in. And essentially it's the same amount of time that the original had to. So it's, mm. it's, it's aggressively fast than it's been. Um, but yeah, as the episodes progress, um, there, there is a little bit of slowing down and breathing. I personally would love more of that as well. But again, we, we have an ensemble cast. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's, it is just a different show. And, and I think it's great in terms of expanding, expanding the universe that is Quantum Leap. Um, but yeah, I, and yeah, like you were mentioning that the, the connective tissue there is Caitlin and, um, you know, she's, she's working hard just like on a physical level because she's working in the headquarters. She's working with, with me on the leaps and, and, um, she's required to deliver a lot of story. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I am lucky to have someone so capable like Caitlin by my side, not only as Ben, but as Raymond, uh, Ray, I called myself Raymond after asking you to call me Ray. <laughs> um, because, uh, you know, she really is who, who that character is. She is in, insanely smart, incredibly capable, and, yeah, she should have been the leaper. But I don't yeah. know. Yeah. That was an interesting wrinkle. I kicked myself after we spoke to Caitlin because um, it just never even occurred to me to ask her how she felt about that aspect of the character. So, Caitlin, if you're listening, we'll have you back, and I'm going to ask you that question specifically. <laughs> but, you know, I was just talking about um, – sort of harkening back to the pacing of the original series. But at heart, I'm like a lore geek and I love like all the project stuff. And I love that we're spending so much time back at the project and all of the, we we're talking about connective tissue, all of the connective the tissue. Now's the time to quiz them though. Now's yeah, the time to that's quiz it. them. Oh, so, so in episode three, <laughs> season one, also a boxing episode. <laughs> <laughs> but you know we well, we've <laughs> it's okay we'll go easy on you um we've spoken to susan deal who reprised her role as beth calavici and uh we found out now that ben is working with janice calavici and magic himself was once a leapy which i know they're going to be exploring in future episodes so i mean all of this ties to the original series in so many different ways. Can we as leapers who love all of this stuff expect more callbacks to the original project as time goes on? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what's incredible is that every writer in, the, in that writer's room were immense fans of the original. So as much as we're progressing and, and expanding the universe, we're, we're still definitely uh, trying our best to honor the original. And we personally love it. The writers love it. Um, as many tie-ins and Easter eggs as we can possibly manage to fit in there, it'll be in there. Um, one thing that's really cool, I think... Uh, it, y'all are going to love is um, there's going to be three different handlings in one episode. <laughs> <laughs> we were just waiting, waiting for the old, the old school handling to be busted out at some point. It's gotta be. Yeah. Susan kind of alluded to that. Um, she didn't say it outright. So um, no NDAs were broken, Susan, don't worry. Um, and <laughs> Caitlin, Caitlin had mentioned that you guys had to work around the fact that you shot with a different hand link in the original pilot. So there is going to be a nod to that. So I'm thinking we can maybe even pinpoint the episode then. Um, say no more. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I, I might be in so much trouble for saying that. But uh <laughs> Yeah, it was something I noticed uh, that because it, it's not on the page, uh, but it, it's in the scene, and I'm like, uh, "Is anyone else seeing this?" <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. Sorry if I gave away something I shouldn't have, but I thought that was really cool. So, oh, we're just super excited. We're excited about any tidbits yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, we're just, you know, now that we know that we're going to be seeing some old school stuff, we just can't wait for Deborah to reprise her role as Ziggy. Uh, once Ziggy wakes up, oh, it's going to be so exciting. I got chills. Uh, is, I didn't know in the pilot episode that Deborah was going to do the voiceover on top. Um, and I, apparently it was a really last minute addition. Um, oh. But, you know, we fired it up and my entire body just like, all the hairs on the back of my neck rose up because I'm like, oh my god, it's like this is so perfect. What a beautiful uh, continuation and uh, what a what a great through line to have. And you know, Deborah's been so present with us. Uh, she's there almost every day on set, even if she can only pop in for five to ten minutes and and spread her love. But she really is uh, with her around. I can feel the energy that that was there. Uh, the first time around and, and with, and, and it allows us to really work at our top potential to know that we have her blessings as we, as we forge forward. Um, so yeah, Deborah, if you're listening, I love you. Thank you so much, uh, for, for being there for us and, and, and for sharing your love and for giving us your blessings. Um, yeah, I got chills when I, when I first heard that her voiceover, I was it was great. Did you uh, did you watch the premiere with your family? Yeah, um, had a little. Uh, it was it was scary because we um, we were shooting that day and it was on at ten, as you know, and and uh, we wrapped at nine. And I, I had invited all my friends over to my my in laws' house, and uh, and my mom was there. They were all waiting, and we were just like, I, I got home, I got changed real fast, and I just went straight there and. And all my close six six closest friends with all their significant others, and uh, my my kids were asleep already. But um, yeah, my mom was there, um, and you know my wife was there, and, and it, it was it was just it was great. It was it was it was a beautiful celebration of not only uh, you know myself and my journey in this path as an actor, but a celebration of a beautiful show that that means 
so much. Um, that, that, that stands for all the right things, especially at a time where shows like, and nothing, no knock on Dahmer or anything like that, but it, it is a, a strange celebration of something that perhaps shouldn't be celebrated. Um, but, and it, but it makes for great television and makes for great, um, drama and all that. But, you know, for me personally, I, I, I love stories like this where, um, folks can gather around the TV of all ages and can experience something together. And, and to me, that's very special, especially now being a father of two kids and, and always looking for, uh, ways to spend time with them together and, and watch something with them together. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a great, great, great night. I might just, uh, just switching track very briefly, and this is something quite specific, but I'm just really interested. Um, we, we saw early on when we were desperate for, for footage and for material, one of the first things that we saw <laughs> of, of Ben was what we gather as specially filmed trailers. There was the, the Joe Montana leap, the heavy metal chick, the desert storm. Um, was that, how early on in production for that was you? Were you still getting a feel for Ben when you were suddenly out there promoting it or was it a bit, yeah. a bit further down the line? No, it was very early on. Um, yeah, it, it, it was, it was a strange day because we shot all of those in one day. Uh, and it, it really felt like a, a, an entire week's worth of work in one day. Um, but it, it was cool because it was just the leaps. Right. And, and I, when I saw it all smashed in with the trailer, I was like, wow, our show seems like it like so much bigger than it was at the time. Um, and I was actually kind of concerned about that because I, I, I talked to Martin and I was like, are we at all concerned that our viewers are never going to, never going to see me as Joe Montana? He's <laughs> 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 like, no, it'll be great. It's more eyes to the show. <laughs> and, uh, never say never. Uh, just, just do the Joe Montana leap next year. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, the female rocker for sure. That one was, uh, I was like, this, shit, this could be an episode. Um, and a very manageable one and something I would love to do. Um, but yeah, it, it was very early on. Uh, I, yeah, I was still getting a grasp of, of who Ben was. And, and, and I guess in hindsight, if I were to think about it, 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 we treated it as if it was the first leap each time. Um, so very surprising. It's, it's a lot less, um, like, okay, what is my next leap? It is more so like, where the heck am I? Who am I? Um, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, speaking to that point and, uh, in the weeds, but it seemed like Ben was going to have the catchphrase, oh shit. Um, have we backed away from that? Is that, is that still a possibility? What's going on with the oh shit? <laughs> I don't know. The, the, um, the, the origin story with the oh shit is very unclear, uh, because it's not, it, it's, it's on the, it's written on the page in the original. Um, and when I remember the day we shot it in Vancouver, I was strapped onto the, the, uh, the, the, the space shuttle about to take off. And, and, uh, we tried all different versions. We've definitely tried Oh boy several times. And then, and then, and then we went on to the Oh shits and then we went on to the Oh sh. <laughs> so we can't really say the shit. We just can't. Um, so. <laughs> maybe yeah. Uh, and perhaps maybe for peacock audiences, maybe shit could live in there. So uh, maybe there'd be an edit for the peacocks. Uh, but yeah, I mean, oh shit seems really appropriate. <laughs> like, given, 
where he's at. It's crazy that he's not saying more. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get to the bottom of that. That's lingering mystery. Yeah, yeah right. it's just be a new swear every time. Just cut <laughs> off. Great. So much more plausible than Oh Boy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can, oh, no boy doesn't cut it every time. Sometimes your yeah. situation, it's not no boy moment. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I know we're, we're joking about that, but Oh Boy was Scott's signature in the series, and it was the hallmark of the series um, in yeah. many ways. When you guys were doing the Oh Boys, what, what made you decide to move on from that? Uh, mostly because I was directed to say stop uh, and then move on to the oh shits. Um, but, okay. uh, you know, it, it did feel like, um, you know, in the same vein of, of wanting to separate myself from, from what came previously and finding my own voice and my, my own way into the story and the character, it also just... Um, it was incredibly, it was kind of an honor to say it, first of all. Uh, and secondly, I knew that it wasn't, it wasn't mine, you know? And so, you know, collectively, it, it, it wasn't something that I said, like, I want my own catchphrase. It was more of just like collectively, like, we, it's a new show. Um, we should have new things to say. <laughs> okay. That's fair enough. Yeah. And the ocean's still evocative. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It gets the point across. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, you've been generous with your time and, you know, in the vein of, of sort of that new stuff to come, uh, are there any aspects of the story in general or the series in general that um, you'd like to discuss that we haven't touched upon or any tidbits that you can give us besides the bombshell announcement of three handlings in one episode? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I, I, I'm particularly uh, right now uh, really interested in in just – uh, Ben's, um, just his endurance, his, where he finds himself mentally, uh, after having done five, six, seven leaps and now fully knowing that he might not be returning home anytime soon and learning to grasp with that reality, finding out more and more about who Addison is to him. You know, here's a guy who doesn't even know what he looks like, let alone who he loves. And so that's, it's been really fun for me to try layering in, um, all of that and see the toll that each of these leaps have taken on him. And it's a great, um, it's a great challenge as an actor. It's, it's a, it's a great storytelling challenge. And, um, you know, how these leaps, if they do end up affecting, him and is he going to compromise any of his core values because he is compromised, you know, and, and these are all things I think as a human being, we try to do our best, but and at times we just can't, we just can't. And so it's, it's been very interesting for me to see and chart what the writers have been writing, the discussions that we've been having. And, 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 uh, you know, I, I, I have a little workbook of like, wow, you know, this has happened in this leap. That must have taken something from his soul. <laughs> you know, this had happened in this leap. You know, and, and, um, yeah, that's been particularly interesting for me to chart. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. The Halloween episode is going to be so fun. It's just, 
<laughs> I love Halloween. I love Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we just wrapped that and, uh, and, and we're all just so giddy because it's like, oh my gosh. Um, because I think that Monday also falls on Halloween too. Um, mm. if I, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, but yeah. So it does. Fun. Yeah. I, I read an mm. interview with Martin Garrow, uh, where he said it was some sort of take on the exorcists. I'm like, what in the world could be going on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ever, I was legitimately frightened uh, reading the episode, but it's also so it's hilarious. Um, but yeah, it is. It is. It, it's an homage to The Exorcist. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm I'm excited for everything that's to come. Definitely, so are we. I know how much the original. And here's the thing too. Um, when I speak with fans of the original, the energy that I get from them is not like this ravenous, like, like, oh my God, it's coming back. It's like, oh, it's, it's, what do you get? it's, it's more of just a very, you know, they, they had an experience with the show that really touched them. It was something that they either watched, um, with, I, I had so much of these stories too. It was like, it's a show that I watched with my dad. It's a show that, that we watched as a family and it's, they're very thoughtful, uh, very emotionally in touch, very empathetic beings who are extremely smart. Um, and it's, I've been met with, um, so much warmth that it has allowed me to do my job better. And, uh, you know, I, of course there's going to be a negative with any, any, any project that's previously loved. Uh, there's going to be people who, who hold it close to them, but, you know, the, the, the good far outweighs the bad. And I, I just need to thank the, the original fan base. And I, I need to thank you for having me on and for, for, uh, for embracing me and, and, uh, you know, for, for, for willing to take this journey with me and through my eyes. No. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me on and, and, and thank you for, for, um, just bringing me in and, 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 and allowing for all this to, to happen with, with your, with your blessings. So thank you. Yeah. We're excited to take the journey with you. We're excited to keep track of Ben's evolution and uh, we look forward to many episodes to come and many seasons of sharing it with you. Thank you, Ray, so much for being on the Quantum Leap podcast with us. Mm -hmm.